0: Welcome into the Putcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. On this week's episode, we will look back to last week's little Put Open 2.0, along with revealing the MCGs and discussing next our next event, which is August 22nd at Eagle Lake. The reason we're going to Eagle Lake next—it'll be our second event at Eagle Lake. Third, technically, if you count the Match Play Masters. There is lights there, which they turn on at night um, prior to Labor Day. If you remember last year, I think we did an event there on September 14th, and Tom Loftus won that event. And the, We had to bring the camera, the camera phone lights out for the 18th hole, which was kind of cool, mind you. But I think it'll be a lot cooler to play under the lights. Here is my proposition to you all. Um, a Monday event, August 22nd. Should we start at 7 p.m.? Course closes at 10, which means we'll have plenty of time, but I think it would be pretty cool to play under the lights. I'd like to change it to 7 p.m. Let me know what you think. Uh I'd appreciate that very 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 much. Okay. So that's at Eagle Lake August 22nd. Our event our next event after that, I haven't um I I I'm I'm, I'm trying to work through a Labor Day weekend potential. Um, As you know, it gets darker sooner, so we have to be very cognizant of that. I still want to go, we are going to go back to Lilliput at some point, but probably not until October. Um, That'll be our last outdoor event of the year, so I'd like to hit up Dred Scott on Labor Day weekend. And potentially, if we're going to do something in the afternoon on Labor Day weekend, whether that's, you know, Saturday, Sunday, even Monday, um, why don't we go back to Centennial Lakes? That's kind of what I'm thinking, too, if we're going to do afternoon. So, um, your thoughts are appreciated. That's the weekend I'm shooting for, um, for our event after this coming one. But uh, I I want to get your feedback as well. Feedback is always appreciated. Okay, so... Let's do this. Sean Brown uh, won last week's Lilliput Open. This is our first podcast since that event. Um, this is Sean Brown's 11th tournament win in uh, 19 events. He has 19 straight top five finishes. Uh, basically, all of his events are top five finishes. So let's take a look here. First off, 29 under par. This is our fourth event at Lilliput. Uh, he was 29 under par the best finish at Lilliput a total finish. of course Brady uh, uh, Brady Staroff has the record but uh, for for best round but the best total finish is 29 under par which Sean Brown accomplished And here's kind of an interesting pattern. Lilliput opened 1.0 earlier this year Matt Rolstead, the winner 27 under par. Sean Brown won the other two events at Lilliput last year with 25 under par and 23 under par. So each event has shaved two strokes off the uh, winning score, 23, 25, 27, and then 29. Uh, I don't know how much further we can go, but, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, Double Eagle for Jason Peterson, the fourth in Puttcraft history. This took place on hole 14. And for those of you who are having trouble... uh, uh, Picturing what Whole Fault 14 is, it's the one with a big uh, hill wall, almost like a hill wall that you kind of have to putt over. So, uh, my apologies, Jason, for not getting that uh, um, on camera let's go through the rest of the leaderboard here before we proceed. R.J. Dusak at 22 under par in second place. Matt Wyman, 19 under par in third place. This was, well, actually, I'll do this in a bit. Josh Benish, 16 under par in fourth place. Anthony Dunkel, 15 under par in fifth place. Tom Loftus right outside the top five at 14 under par in seventh place. Brady Storhoff at eight under par. Matt Langer 8th place at 500 par, uh, Jason Peterson, ninth place at 6 over, and Kathleen Malone in 10th at 12 over par. A couple of interesting things, in addition to the double eagle, this is Matt Wyman's first top five finish that didn't involve him winning. So he has two wins, um, but this is his first top five finish, uh, let's put it this way, this is his first two second place to fifth place finish. Of course, he has two wins prior to this, um, in 10 events for Matt Wyman. It was kind of a fun streak. Uh, basically either Matt Wyman won or he finished out of the top five, uh, Josh Benish. This is his third top five finish. Um, Anthony Dunkel, seven of the last nine events have been top five finishes for Anthony. And, uh, two of his first six events were top five finishes, including winning the inaugural PuttCraft open. Um, so Anthony is on quite a streak as well. Okay, I want to uh, chat a little bit about the scatter plot that I posted yesterday. Had a lot of fun with it. Um, a couple of things. Um, first off, super fun making that, and I appreciate all the uh, the the responses to it. I find the stat element of buttcraft to be one of the most fascinating and most fun. I also found it interesting how Sean was getting, um, you know, was give, was being given a hard time from folks because of his, uh, uh, ace percentage, but it almost also ignoring the fact that his be percentage is the highest among anybody, uh, which is the stat that matters, mind you. And he also has 11 wins. Um, Sean, I think, I think you think I'm picking on you. I'm not picking on you. I do think that it's super interesting, though. Uh, But also, like, Sean was the furthest player to the right. Uh, And, you know, maybe I should have put the BE uh, on the Y-axis. I always get those wrong. The top-down axis. Uh, Because Matt Rolstead, of course, has the highest ace percentage uh, at 1.55 per 18. And uh, his picture was at the top right me personally i'd rather be to the right but you know whatever i think it was a super uh, it was really fun uh we're going to play around uh, more with this in, in the future um and uh if you aren't sure what i'm talking about uh we did a scatter plot that on the y axis had aces per 18 holes and on the x axis had be percentage and how those two related it's on our instagram page right now our instagram page feed feed right now I always thought that Sean's method of playing was not very aggressive, but it was really smart. He kind of picked his battles, right? And he was, and he's a, um, if we had this stat, and the stat I mean is like eight feet and in. What's your percentage from eight feet and in or from eight to 10 feet or seven to 10 feet? Sean dominates. I I, I don't even need, I don't even need this data. Sean dominates in that because that's where he, that's where his bread is buttered. If you will, uh, is that eight foot range, He's constantly putting himself in position to hit those, you know, six to eight foot putts or closer, right? Whereas You know, somebody like Matt Rolstead, who, don't get me wrong, is playing great golf right now, uh, is much more aggressive off the tee. And that shows with, you know, his uh, aces per 18 at 1.55, you know, almost double what Sean's is. But Sean has more wins and is much higher B.E. percentage. Now, again, if we were to poke holes in this even further, um, we would say, okay, there are courses that are much more. BE percentage-friendly, Lilliput being one of them, and there are courses that are much more ACE percentage-friendly, Grand Slam-Burnsville being one of them, right? And that stuff matters, obviously. As we add data to this, it's going to matter less. And of course, as I mentioned before, I do want to do an adjusted BE percentage, which we will just call the BE percentage, uh, which will downplay courses like uh, Lilliput and Upplay, that doesn't make any sense, but you know what I mean. Courses like Dred Scott. Okay. Um, had a load of fun with that. Want to do more of those. Um, and, and the engagement was, uh, was obviously um, super fun. One of the things I'm going to experiment with, is probably starting next week, I really wanted to do this this week, but I just ran out of time, if I'm being honest with you, is I'm going to start filming... Just my face, um, during podcasts, because I want to start making them into video sound bites. And if you're familiar with the Ringer, Bill Simmons' company, he does this a lot, and um, it's pretty cool. And it's just a another way of of you know creating different engagement. What I can do is I can pull out little snippets um, from the podcast. I can initially start on my face. And then you will see clips, uh, you know, clips or videos that that, that, that I have um, from the events, which will be really cool. I, I might be talking about Joel Brown and, you know, his his uh, his aces, ace per 18 percentage. And I might pull up a Joel Brown or or. Uh, Joel's, uh, double Eagle a couple weeks ago, and I might be able to pull up that video and put it right on the video, uh, right in the feed. So that's something I'm going to work on, uh, starting next week or the week after. Um, and I'm telling you this now because then I'll, I will hold myself accountable to that. So my apologies for not having those ready this week. So seven P I, so let's recap 7 PM. Start time is the thing that I'm really curious about. Uh, comment below on whether or not you would be okay if we did a 7 p.m. start time at Eagle Lake on Monday, the 22nd, so we can legitimately play under the lights. Okay, MCG time. Here we go. Matt always includes some uh, little notes at the bottom, which I'm going to read here. Updated after the 728 22 Lily Put Open 2.0. 26 out of 102 unique players are eligible for ranking, minimum ranking eligibility requirement, at least three events, or 25% of events held within last six months, so 11 events have been held in the last six months, that's pretty cool. 123122 New Year's Eve Open now dropped from MCG eligibility. Next event to drop is 12922 Golf Zone Open, effective after 1st of August event is completed. I love this, Matt. This is phenomenal. MCG score is average of base points scored by position earned per event played, plus bonus points for event wins, top finishes, low 18 hole round score for an event and participation. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay, let's start at 26. There's 26 eligible players. I uh, am going to reveal the points as well. You know what? Actually, I'm going to reveal all of this. Ooh, I see what you did here, Matt. Sorry, I haven't dug deep into this yet, but I always like to be surprised on on, on the podcast. So uh, I'm going to read the name. No, excuse me. I'm going to read the rank, the name, the number of events, their low round, Uh, their top finishes, wait a second, low round. What does that mean? Low round. Hmm. Matt, I don't quite understand that one. I'm going to read, um, top finishes, wins and points. Forget I said low round. I don't know what that means. I mean, I probably would if I weren't being recorded right now and I could spend some time thinking about it and figuring it out. But top finishes, I believe that's a bonus point metric because a lot of players don't have any top finishes. Some have one, some have, you know, three, seven, nine number of wins, and then the points. So 26, Marky Kavanaugh, uh, three events, zero top finishes, zero wins, two point six, six, seven points. And for now I'm just gonna say two points. Twenty-five, Connor Lestico, three events, zero top finishes, zero wins, nine points. Number twenty-four, John Maddening. Five events, zero wins, zero top finishes, 13 points. Twenty-three, Jason Peterson. Four events, zero wins, zero top finishes, 18 points. Twenty-two, Kathleen Malone. Seven events, zero top finishes, zero wins, 22 points. Twenty-one, Matt Langer. Eight events, zero wins, zero top finishes, 35 points. Twenty, Joel LaChapelle. Three events, zero top finishes, zero wins, 38 points. 38 points. 19, Daryl, how many? Three events, zero wins, zero top finishes, 40 points. Uh, number 18, Robin Schwartzman. Four events, zero top finishes, zero wins, 43 points. 17, Rick Lestico, three wins, zero top finishes, zero wins. Excuse me. Three. Sorry. Rick Lestico, three events, zero wins, zero top finishes, 50 points. I need to slow down a little bit. 16th place, Adam DeVore. Three events, one top finish, zero wins, 52 points. Number 15, Timmy Albrecht. Three events, one top finish, zero wins, 56 points. I should note, I believe I could be completely wrong, but I believe that... Tim Albrecht and Marquis Cavanae are getting married this weekend. And if I mess that up and you're not, and uh, I apologize, but I think I saw that on social. Congratulations. Uh, 14. That's such a weird curveball. 14. Sam Lampadat. Uh, four events. One top finish. Zero events. Zero wins. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. Four events. One top finish. Zero wins. 65 points. 13. Joel Holm. Three events, one top finish, zero wins, 66 points. Number 12, Tom Loftus, four events, one top finish, zero wins, 71 points. Number 11, Josh Benish, 11 events, two top finishes, zero wins, 81 points. Okay, here we go. Top 10. RJ Dusak, three events. One top finish, zero wins, 82 points. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number nine, Brady Storhoff. Ten events, one low round. Oh, yeah, I'm, I forgot. I'm not I'm not announcing low round because uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Two top finishes. Uh, th- th- this is the first player that has a low round, that has points for a low round. So I think low rounds are good. What I'm guessing is that low round is like a decent finish, but top finishes is like an even better finish. i bet you that's what it is. Um, let's put it this way. Since Brady Storhoff is the first person with the low round, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to re- review the low rounds. Number nine, Brady Storhoff, 10 events, one low round, two top finishes, zero wins, 86 points. Uh, number eight, Sean Anderson. And for those of you who are cons- are confused where you say, hey, Brady has a win. I was there. Uh, these are these these only go back to um, technically now the golf zone open. They're only going back six months or 11 events. We don't go all the way back. So this eliminates some recency bias, but not all recency bias, but is also more of an updated snapshot and lastly um, is done by a computer. Number nine, Brady Staroff, 10 events, one low round, two top finishes, zero wins, 86 points. Number eight, Sean Anderson, seven events, zero low rounds, three top finishes, zero wins, uh, 88 points. Number seven, and again, this is somebody who, based on recency bias, number seven, Justin Hackman, who I've removed from my rankings because I haven't seen him in so long, but here still. Eligible, three events, one low round, two top finishes, zero wins, 97.5 points, that is Justin Hackman. Number six, Joel Brown, five events, one low round, three top finishes, zero wins, 114 points. Number five, Anthony Dunkel, eight events, zero low rounds, four top finishes, zero wins, 115 points. Number four. Dan Wesley, seven events, zero low rounds, four top finishes, one win, 130 points. Number three, Matt Wyman, nine events, zero low rounds, three top finishes, two wins, 131 points. And here we go. I'm going to build up some drama, even though there isn't any drama right now, because Sean did win the last event. But... I will have you know that Sean is still in first place. Number two, Matt Rolstead, eight events, three low rounds, seven top finishes, three wins, 227 points. And lastly, number one, Sean Brown, 10 events, four low rounds, nine top finishes, five wins, 287 points. That is your MCG rankings for this week. Matt's computer generated rankings, 26 players out of 102 unique players eligible for the rankings. Sean Brown, your number one player. Okay, folks, that is it for this week. We have two more podcasts before, uh, The Eagle Lake Open 2.0 under the lights. I'm going to ask it one more time. Should we move that event to 7 p.m.? I really, really, really want to. I think that'd be super fun. Um, So I'm saving the player rankings. I'm saving the standings, which have also been updated. Thank you, Matt Rolstead, for doing that. Early, early, uh, early competitor for uh, contributor of the year for a second straight running. Matt, I appreciate it. And you know what? I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all of you so much for coming out and, uh, and participating and, uh, not only participating in the events, but participating in social, listening to the podcast, commenting on Instagram, uh, all that fun stuff, telling your friends, I don't, I don't thank some of you enough for how many people you bring, uh, to these events, uh, uh, uh just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm having an absolute blast. Um, I know some of you are as well and I appreciate that very much. That is all for this week. Enjoy your weekend and we will chat with you next week.